Hello and welcome back to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. As usual, you have me, your co-host Katie Carlisle, and I've been freelance for about five and a half years doing Squarespace web design and training. Um, my name is Michelle Pratt, your other co-host, and I run a training and personal development business called Dive Deeper Development. And if you haven't listened before, then what happens every episode is we take a subject, a problem, if you will, for freelancers, and we dissect it a little bit. So we talk about what the problem is and why it's a problem, especially for freelancers. And then we talk about what you can do about it. So often taking an approach based on your mindset with Michelle's coaching knowledge, and then also looking at practical tips from our experience of freelancing. And if I can, I'll throw in some kind of techie support solutions as well, because I like the internet. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about the comparison trap. Dun, dun, dun. So what do we mean by this, Michelle? Yeah, comparison trap. I think a lot of people are familiar with this these days because I think we've all fallen into it at some point. But I think particularly as freelancers, um, part of our job is to do networking and to put ourselves out there. And of course, the minute you start putting yourself out there, you, you see other people. And it's really easy to fall into the trap of comparing yourselves to other people that you see. So whether that's other business owners or perhaps it's influence or people who you see on social media and then comparing yourself to those that you see. And I think it's it's human nature. We're social creatures to want to compare ourselves to others. And of course, that can be a really good thing. Uh, it can give us some inspiration and help us see who to look up to, but it can also get us on a bit of a downer if we're not feeling very uh, really very confident when we compare ourselves to other people who are perhaps doing something bigger or better or at least who seem to be. And that's the difference isn't it is that quite often when we are making those comparisons we're not comparing like with like you know it, it's not an exact I mean that would be almost impossible because there are very few people that are going to be in your same situation with your same background and your same priorities and values but we still have this tendency to compare ourselves with other people who have come from completely different situations and think, why are we not doing it the same way that they are? How are they so much more successful, even if they've been doing it for longer? Or they are working more hours on it, or they have more support, or they have a larger network, or whatever it is. With, well, if less, they less, less off, ethics, less, less yeah, values. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we tend to do it, even though rationally we probably do know that it's not an accurate comparison we still do it yeah and it's quite hard not to and i thought it is quite interesting you quite often get people who it seems to be the same names there are some people that are really great at marketing and fair play to them but you always see them on social media although they're always the same people being held up as the example or the go-to person for a particular subject and um, when you hear people you know talking about it it's quite hard to to not take that on board and it's every so often you just find yourself thinking are they the best person for this? Are they really <laughs> cracked up to be? But when everyone else is talking about them, it's quite hard to not compare, really. And I think it's it's almost a slightly different feeling when you're comparing yourself with somebody who's really successful, um, and you're kind of saying, like, "Oh wow, you know that that's almost that like wow, I could never be that good," and and that sort of that, that compar that comparison is almost that sort of I wish I were like that, but it's just not possible. I'm nowhere near that good. But then it's almost harder sometimes when it's somebody that's just like maybe started off in the same position as you and they're just overtaking you, in air quotes, slightly. Um, and maybe they're just doing things a little bit differently to you. And 
but but you know maybe you were in the same circles originally and now they seem to be at least on the face of it doing better I think that's almost harder because you're like oh actually that that could have been me if it's a bit more obtainable yeah we, we do tend to uh, do what's known as upward comparison so typically we tend to look up the way so you not normally someone who is in the same circle as us we tend to look at the person who's on top of their game and of course we look at them because we look up to them but we tend to really look quite high up the the, the, the journey if you like or up the ladder when we compare with people which of course leaves you feeling pretty rubbish because as you say you were never going to achieve that kind of success with that person as well the other person uh, problem of course is that we we tend to compare with people's edited lives so just the testimonials or just the views or just the numbers or just the shiny version that you see on the internet yeah just their instagram photos of their perfect lives and their perfect avocado toasts yes Absolutely. I think you see people, particularly on LinkedIn or on Twitter, you seem to see the very professional and healthy. And we do the same, don't we? We only put our best foot forward when we're sharing our information out And of course, you know, we want to share our successes. That's just natural. And it's also to be encouraged. We've talked in the past about celebrating success. And we've also talked about avoiding the pity party. So, you know, not just going on on social media or on, you know, online and, and only sharing the terrible things and not looking at any kind of positives. But I think the difference is that even though we do it ourselves, when we're looking at other people, we forget that or that bit of our knowledge just gets put away somewhere. Yeah, I think it depends on your mood, your emotions as well when you're doing it. If you're in quite a good place, looking at other people can be quite inspirational. Yeah. If you're on a bit of a downer or just things are a bit quiet or a bit flat, when you have more time to look at all of this stuff, then you might take it quite slightly differently. So I think there's quite a lot to do with us as well. I think we talked in the last episode about digital distractions. I think one of the challenges is that in this day and age, there's more people to compare yourselves to as well. So whenever you go online, there are you're just almost bombarded or notified yeah. of so many different things. You can't things really avoid it, can you? People want your attention. They're clamouring for it, isn't it? Oh, look at this thing. Look at this thing that yeah. I did. And so it's really hard not to not to find all that stuff. Whereas I think years ago, I wouldn't have given a toss because I couldn't see it. Yeah, ignorance was a little bit of bliss. The fact that someone does a similar <laughs> thing to you over in America and is absolutely killing it would never have really entered my consciousness because I would not have known they existed. So ignorance is sometimes bliss as well. But I think it's almost we're almost enforcing ignorance on ourselves when we're doing this because we know better like we all rationally know if somebody is seemingly more successful but actually we you know they've done it they've they've sold out to the man or they've had to sacrifice their family lives to do it we kind of know that they're doing it they probably got there differently in a way that we wouldn't be willing to do or that maybe yeah they've been doing it for longer or whatever but we, we kind of, we almost just hide that bit. It's, it's odd. Like ration, it's that difference between what we rationally know and what we emotionally feel. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I think if you're feeling in a more an emotional place, you're much more likely to pay attention to that than do what you, in your heart, know is probably not healthy for you. Yeah. And I think as well, we, we don't just do it with other people. We do it, we compare stuff with ourselves. So we might say, oh, well... I'm not where I wanted to be, you know. Oh, last you know, last year I hoped to be in this financial position, or I hoped to have this number of followers or this type of clients, and I haven't got there, so I've you know failed, or I'm not as good as I thought I would be, or even comparing yourself with this time last year to say, oh well, actually I did better last year, you know, 
But actually, what it might be the case of maybe one thing was better last year. So maybe you made slightly more money last year, but maybe this year you've worked fewer hours. So proportionally, you've ended up making this, you know, more money. But it's sometimes hard to see it in that context. Again, and again, it's not comparing like with like. No, as you say, we can compare to other people, but we can compare to ourselves. And the other thing I, I think Kate, you're right is we compare to our expectations. So. Tony Robbins, kind of like coaching guru. You've probably heard of him if you Google. He's so him. successful. We'll yeah. never be that good. It's funny. I'm doing, I'm doing a coaching course. He's kind of got his name attached to it, but it, obviously he doesn't do a great deal of the teaching. But I'm on a coaching course with him, and I, I, I do coaching sessions with other coaches. And when we're practicing, and quite a lot of them will say, "Oh, I'm really frustrated because you know when Tony did it in the video, he was really quick, he was really effective. And now when I practice with other people, I'm not as good." It's like. Yeah, but that's Tony Robbins. He's literally got decades. He, like, he invented a lot of this stuff that you're, you're trying to do. You're not going to get it within a few weeks of starting a course. And, of course, when they chuckle and laugh at themselves about that, they realise how ridiculous that is. But it's so it's so easy to do, particularly when you're really passionate about something as well. Yeah, and people but, want to be better, and that's a really good and positive thing, that people want to improve and want to do it better. Is, it is really good. But, so, but anyway, Tony Robbins says that... Um, he says it's not so much what happens to us that kills us, it's what happens in relation to our expectations. He says it's not the, the results that we get. If it wasn't for the expectations that we have, we would be absolutely fine. He says when, you're, when you're, what, your reality doesn't match up to your expectations, that's when you're going to be feeling down. And so sometimes that's the comparison that kills us the most because you, we do fall into this trap. So I'm turning 40 this year and you just think, oh, well, when, by the time I'm 40, I expected that I would have done such and such. You yeah. mentioned this to me the other day. Yeah. yeah. You said like, oh, I just thought everything would be a bit more sorted than it is. Yeah, I was like, and then I was like, well, what isn't how you want it? And then you kind of struggled with it, like, yeah, to come like, up with it. Yeah, I don't know. I just had this idea in my head of what something would be like when you're 40. And I imagine I'd be saying the same when I'm 50, 60 and 70 as well. I just thought career-wise or work-wise, I'd probably have a sense of what I wanted to do. Actually, the kind of person that I am, I probably wouldn't want it. And <laughs> I quite like how you want to be when you grow up. Like, I don't do know. I don't know. But yeah, if you think you ought to earn a certain amount of money, and sometimes we don't know where these ideas come from. So sometimes it's from friends, sometimes it's from family, sometimes it's from society. And who said you either had to be married or who said you had to earn this much money or who said you have to have a business of this size? Who says? But we have these ideas from somewhere, and if we don't know where they come from, there's a good chance we'll feel disappointed when we don't hit it. Yeah, exactly. And I just think that the, like the, you know, with our expectations, like you say, it's it's almost a lot of them are set because of comparison and the comparison trap. It's kind of like, okay, well, we want to earn this much because of whatever. Um, I mean, it can be motivating too. So I'm, definitely, I know, like my financial goal for the previous financial year um so not the one we're currently in so that's the, what they're about to finish so that those tax years oh yeah <laughs> but for like 2017-2018 my aim for that year was to earn the same amount that I earned when I was working for a charity like what when was that it have been like 12 no yeah, like 12 years ago or something. It wasn't a particularly lofty aspiration, but to me it was meaningful because 
it, it's kind of it, it was that sort of right yeah I've kind of got the same amount now that I was as a freelancer than when I was working in a, a proper job admittedly it was a very low paid proper job but I was still like yes and then I realized I hadn't been very clear with my goal so I reached that goal what I hadn't been I had earned that much hadn't taken into account expenses so my profit was not that high so then I said for this year right okay after expenses I want my profit to equal this amount that I earned in my charity job um and and, and that I am on track to to hit so um but I, so, so that comparison for me was actually quite useful because it kind of had it had a meaning associated yeah, yeah. with it um, so I guess sometimes comparison is useful, but it's whether you do it in a positive way. Or yeah, right. I say positive, way, a helpful way, or yeah. whether or whether you do it in this kind of beat yourself up kind of way. Yeah, and I think that can be can well be fall into that trap. Of, yeah, of beating ourselves up with rules that we just made up in our heads. And I think as well, I guess if you're um, if 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 you're feeling if you're kind of beating yourself up or, or feeling kind of like oh they're doing something better than me. I think I feel like sometimes that's actually a bit of a signal to yourself because sometimes there are things you know that you could be, be doing better and and if you're kind of hurting when you see somebody else doing it it's almost like oh yeah that's how I want to do it and actually if if that is a priority for me I need to give it more time and I would be able to do it like that yeah. it's almost that frustration of like Ah, do you know actually I probably could have done that if I'd have just given it the time it deserved but that you know that can then flag up the that 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 is important to you and you can check if that works and matches your priorities and matches your values and if so then you can actually do something about it yeah and I hate that feeling when you you see someone else you had an idea and you see someone else doing that thing that you were going to do but they just committed and they put themselves out banana case yes I invented the banana case I know well you should have got there I should have got there a bit quicker I don't know if that's a massively profitable product, so I, I don't. It's in Lakeland and John Lewis. They must uh, make a little bit of money. Uh, that's true. I don't know who. I, I guess I don't understand. Mine would have been a different design. I don't understand the audience for that product. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but definitely, I think uh, you keep yourself thinking I should be doing that. Yeah, exactly. Or just even not. It doesn't even have to be something that's kind of radically new or anything. But just you know, someone someone doing something slightly better than how you had done it and making you think. I, I can't think of a really good example, but like, I know I've felt that kind of thing of like, oh, I really like how they're doing that and, and being slightly annoyed at myself for not putting the time and effort into doing it because I know that it wouldn't have taken that much time and effort and it was just maybe a bit of kind of laziness on my part yeah. that meant I didn't do it. So it wasn't, so it's more, almost like I'm disappointed in myself. Um, oh, I saw someone give a talk in a group I'm in recently and it's like, they weren't even that active in the group. It's like, I've been in this group for ages. Why didn't I put myself forward to do this talk? and now yeah, I'm absolutely yeah. kicking myself that I didn't do it so yeah so it can be it can be something to flag up what what does matter to you or you know where where your priorities are that maybe you didn't even realize existed and then you can do something about it it and, can be that do it again yeah it, it's really helpful but then I think this is the other thing as well I mean I think there's always a danger you said you know you comparing like like with like and I think it's really easy particularly on social media but even like with us we're, we're we live in Manchester there's there, there are the kind of the local business celebrities and I think sometimes they're not as successful as as maybe they make out so some I've seen stories of businesses that are doing really well and then 12 months later they go out of business so I was reading a story recently about a, a, a business that 
um, was winning awards, and then a few months later, it, it's totally, totally gone bust. Wow. Okay. And um, and you know, I feel really bad for that business owner, but it just goes to show that just because someone's killing it, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's sustainable. Yeah. Or that you're comparing like the like. So I think and to to examine that comparison, I think is yeah. really important. And success is often measured in terms of growth as well, and you know, uh, taking on employees and and kind of turnover and, and everything else it's like but actually is that what you want for success I mean um, Paul Jarvis who everyone knows I'm obsessed with um, he's written a book called Company of One where he talks about exactly that, that that the kind of traditional model of success was you grow and you take on companies and you expand and I've probably talked about the Mexican fisherman before as well yes. if, you, if you haven't you Google that Google, that, Google that Mexican fisherman story um, and and actually, yeah, like a lot of what people consider to be successful and, and kind of parade around as successful isn't what a lot of freelancers want. Like, you know, I would say most of the freelancers I know didn't go freelance to create their own empire. They did it to have control over their lives, to do something that they were interested in and have a more meaningful work-life balance. And two of the biggest freelance problems you hear people are, I'm, I'm not busy enough or I'm too busy. Yeah. <laughs> I've got too much work. How do I scale it back? which is one of the other one. I think the other one uh, as well is that quite often, Katie, you mentioned it, people have different priorities. Um, so someone might be really massively busy or they might be like working incredibly hard to make themselves a, a bit of a name, but maybe they have no balance. So maybe they're not spending time with their friends. Or may- I also, I see people like, are they in relationships? Because how do you travel or so much? Or how do you work these hours? I do often think and that, maintain, yeah. do you, are you married or yeah. are you divorced? And if that, if, if I wasn't in a relationship, maybe I would work longer hours. Yeah, and we're not saying, more. we're absolutely not saying that being in a relationship, not in, but not being in a relationship is bad. Just, and we're not saying it's incompatible with being successful in business no, exactly. either. Because I know lots of very successful people that are quite happily married. Yeah. But I do, yeah, like you constantly see them everywhere and you're thinking, where is that balance? And actually some people are happy with that. But I do, one of the reasons I went self-employed, like you say, is to, to get a balance between spending time off and doing the things I enjoy as well as working. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I think um, for, for me, it's the time the time thing for me because like yeah one of the main reasons I like being freelance is to have complete control over my time and I don't work full time and you know I I spend a day a week where I don't do kind of client work I do freelance folk stuff and everything and so it would be really unrealistic of me to compare myself to somebody who is literally working like you know 10 hour days all day every day because they literally would have double the amount of time that I have, pretty much. Yeah. And so that's, I think that's what I forget is the, that actually, like, I, you know, I'm choosing to work fewer hours. Um, and and it, I have to keep reminding myself of that. Um, like, I've done a blog, I did a blog post last year, and I'm planning to do it again this year, where I share how much I earned and how much I spent, because I think there's a big taboo about that in the freelance world and people don't talk about how much they earn and that only furthers the comparison trap because that means that the people who feel like they're not really earning enough like enough in inverted commas then don't talk about it because they're embarrassed which is exactly what I was doing I wasn't talking about it because I was embarrassed didn't think I was earning enough which means it's only the people that are earning a lot who are feeling confident enough to talk about it so the only frame of reference that we have 
is these like really really high pay, you know high earning successful people to compare ourselves to so that was the reason I did it and it was super uncomfortable and it took me a lot of time and effort to put together because I wanted to make sure I was kind of not saying that I you know for some people the amount I earn is probably a lot whereas to me it doesn't you know to me it was less than I had previously earned and therefore I'm seeing it as a kind of not earning a lot but I was really conscious that for other people who are maybe just starting their freelance journey I didn't want them to feel like their uh, earnings therefore were, were bad if I'm thinking that mine is low that must be terrible so it's really hard to actually balance it and I think that's the other thing when people are talking about their success it's almost like if, if, if you're if you're talking about your success how do you make sure that you don't make people feel bad who are who are less again I need I need video for all the air quotes that I'm doing but successful yeah <laughs> it depends I suppose it's not your responsibility but then I think as you say it depends how you how you do it yeah really. I think it is people's responsibility a bit not to just be like smug twats yeah okay that, I mean nobody likes that because <laughs> you do see a lot of, but also if you're a new business everybody wants to do business with you so they, they so you get all these courses and these videos don't you going yeah. how to make a six figure income in six months time or blah blah blah, blah and, 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 they, and they share their numbers with you and uh, those people just might miss going from to be honest with you yeah <laughs> and also like yeah it's you you can't compare your start point with someone else's end point because i know when you first start out you go to networking meetings and you feel i don't know i felt a bit inferior think oh i'm not as got it together as them or as them but they've been doing this for years and i'd literally just started i had no idea what i wanted to do but i felt that they say the shame a bit you know yeah this inferiority that i needed to be as together and have as much direction as them so yeah it's it's it'd be kind to yourself i think yeah when you're doing and like it, work out what successful looks like for you as well and have some way of remembering it so like i have on my um on my phone background and on my laptop background on the on the kind of wallpaper or whatever you call it um i have a picture of myself because narcissism yay um, but I'm, I'm surfing in the picture so it's okay. a picture of me surfing and it's to remind me that for me, success is not just about money. It's about having the flexibility and the time to do the things that I want to do outside of work, which is, you know, surfing and being by the sea and, um, and all the bits and pieces that I enjoy doing. So it's there to be a reminder and kind of motivate me. So if there is a way for you to remember, like for maybe for you, it's your kids, you know, you've probably yeah. already got a picture of them on your phone lock screen or whatever. But like, you know, if it's, if it's to spend more time with your kids, then just make sure that you've got a way to remind yourself of that and yeah. and you know Michelle you always talk about your why and knowing your why yeah know the purpose and know what it is you did it for so I, yeah, I used to work a, a corporate job the advantage you get a very nice uh, package for of, of benefits and you get well paid of course um, and I probably don't earn as much but that was never the intention the aim, the aim of the game was to work less yeah so, <laughs> definitely so what else can we do if we're kind of falling into the comparison trap I think one of the things you can do is to, yeah, just, I, I suppose we should probably start with like, just know your own measures. So like you say, we talk about knowing your why and, and really just for that, just mean your purpose. So what did you become freelance for? Or what, if you're if you're freelance, not by choice, then, then what do you want it to be about to you? And is it about control? Is it about um, 
could be about choosing your own earning potential, but also be about how you manage your time, your happiness, or only working on the projects you genuinely believe in. But I think just have that in mind. And know your own measures as well. Some people measure it by Instagram likes. Some people measure it by, as you say, members of staff. Some people it's money. Some people it's how many people they help. And I think just know your internal measures. And I think if you know your internally referenced measures really, really well, then you're a little bit more immune to the, the, the external ones, I think. And I think we've mentioned this before, Michelle, as well, but actually a lot of the time, if, if say, like you're comparing like somebody in terms of money, say you say, okay, yeah, money is the thing that is important to me, and say, okay, well, they are earning more than me, therefore I'm not as successful in everything. But actually, what do you want the money for? Yes, yes. And so, because most, for most people, money isn't the end goal, no. They want the money because it will enable them to live a certain way or do a certain thing. So maybe they want to earn more money so that they can only work half of the year and then go travelling and go surfing. Or maybe they want to be saving for their kids' education. Or maybe they want to like live in a bigger house or um, you know, maybe want to have a home recording studio if you're a musician or something. But like normally the money has an end point and there's a reason why you want to earn the money. So actually there are multiple ways to get to that end point beyond just earning the same amount as somebody else. You yeah. know, you can earn less, but you might also be spending less. And that's one thing that I think a lot of people don't take into account is like, yes, they're, they're, a lot of people publicize what they earn, but a bit like when I was saying with my first kind of Your my goal, I forgot to include the expenses. And actually I think a lot of people, they're not talking about profit, they're talking about income. And so yes, yes they might have a six figure income, but if they then spend five and a half figures on on staff costs and off, you know having a fancy office with beanbags and everything and you know uh, to make their lives perfectly Instagrammable, then you might actually be making more of a profit than them. I think disposable income is definitely more yeah. important than, than earnings, but people sometimes use earnings as the measure. And going back to the old corporate world, you used to get a pay rating uh, if you worked in a, in a company like that, and that was a reflection of how well, you, if you performed well, you got a better, a better pay grade. And um, actually that idea of your performance level or your competence was directly attached to how much you earn, whereas of course that's not a very good measure of how well you're doing. Yeah depending on what you want to achieve and we did that business planning session at the beginning of the year and I said okay I'm going to set a goal for income and I'm going to set it higher but then when we looked we did a whole planning session we looked at the balance of my life and looked at my finances and actually they're in the best place they've ever been um, the income wasn't as high as I, as I wanted to aim it for but actually everything else around that in terms of my costs and the way that I manage it and investments and things actually much better position so you know it was that was probably I was like well why do I have that if as, you as had a goal? that much more money what would it enable you to do differently it actually not that much not these things they're yeah. not <laughs> to be. so that whole like you said that why that purpose is, is absolutely absolutely key and yeah and just working out is there another way for me to achieve what this what I'm actually striving for if it's you know if, if like you say if it's a bigger house well actually you can earn a lot less living in Manchester and buy a bigger house compared to someone who lives in London. So again, that comparison of, yeah. well, they're earning more, so they must be able to live in a better house. They probably can't if they live in London and they're earning more. No, you see people who are really successful and yet they always complain if you go out like about being skint and they've got no money for anything. It's like, okay, but how they know you skint if, if that's what your position, of course, there's so much about other people. We, we just don't, don't know. know. We don't exactly. know. So that's one of the things is, yeah, just kind of understand 
what you're actually jealous of or, or I don't know is jealousy the right word I just know your own measures yeah. what, it's, it's so easy to, to someone might have more followers than you or have a bigger social media presence than you but what is your internal measure and if, of course if you do great business through word of mouth and recommendations if you're just known in your industry you don't, you don't need to, a massive social media following, following. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't really matter so I think that's where it's knowing your own internal reference points can make you withstand that natural nature to, to compare a little bit easier as well and it was interesting because we did a coaching session a while back and a friend of ours asked you who were your competitors and you said you didn't think you had any competitors and I really like that (laughs) I when I say it I feel like I'm an awful like arrogant person but I don't mean it in that way though I don't mean it in the like no one is as good as me kind of way it's just that yeah so so for my for my like web design stuff and my my Squarespace stuff I I don't feel like I have any competitors but that's because it's a it's a perception thing I think rather than like you know rather than yes there are other people that my potential clients might go to. So there are other people that build there are websites. That, there are other people that build websites. There are other people that build Squarespace websites. There are other people that offer Squarespace websites and training. That is narrowing it down quite a lot, like in the UK. So I'm a Squarespace authorised trainer. There's only 17 of us in the UK. So yeah. that's already quite a narrow field. Other people do training, but they're not kind of authorised Squarespace trainers. Um, but so, but it's kind of, if you if you have a niche market and if you are quite focused and targeted which i am then it's like okay yes there are lots of squarespace people. there's lots of website designers if i was if i was looking for competitors there's plenty of competitors in that world but web designers who are squarespace squarespace focused who offer training who have a background in training and because i used to be a teacher and i've done education throughout my career um, who also have a background in the charity sector, which is a lot of my target audience, and who are freelance themselves and therefore understand the freelance world and run a freelance community. So they, they meet lots of other freelancers and understand the problems that freelancers face and are based in a particular geographical location. No, I have no competition because there is no one else that's kind of got my approach and my background that is in We're my... We're just saying there's only one you. So yeah, exactly. your, your personality, yeah. the way that certain people will just be drawn to you or connect with you. Yeah. And someone else might have the same skill set, but they don't have your personality. And so someone else might click yeah. with them. And like, the, I, there are definitely people out there who are better designers than me, for example. Like, I'm, I, I'm a good designer. I am an excellent trainer. And I am an excellent person with knowledge of Squarespace. I don't yeah. know. Like, my, like I, what I make up for in design skills, I, I, you know, what I lack in design skills, not that I lack, but um, I make up for in, in, in my knowledge of Squarespace as a platform and how to kind of use it effectively. So it's, it's it, and, it, and I think that's, it's about having that awareness of where my skills are and why people want to work with me. And like I know it's how I my my approach is quite different to other people, and that's well. it. And you're and you've got you're really good at like taking people through the process and the way you talk. And people who are non technical, you're very good at t- talking about technical stuff with them. Yeah, and actually that may be more valuable to someone than someone with different uh, knowledge or skills. So I think that idea of not having competitors. And I was thinking about that as well. Like I, I apply for things that other people apply for with associate work or projects. And I, yeah, I, I was thinking about that this morning. I'm thinking, actually, no, I don't think that those people are my competitors because, again, they don't have my exact background or skill set. So they are very good and have lots to offer. I am good to have lots to offer. And actually, yeah, they're probably, not, I wouldn't call those people competitors. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I kind of don't believe in competitors full stop because I'm like, there are other people that do, that maybe would work with the same potential client group or they offer similar services. But like, I just think, 
even if there were people I identified that I thought were very similar to me, I think calling them a competitor just puts up this kind of big like barrier and this, 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 that, that encourages the comparison, it encourages that, that kind of more aggressive isn't the right word but that competition kind of, isn't it that yeah. competition mindset where, the, where there can only be one winner which yeah. is probably Whereas I'm not more true. about collaboration and I know that sounds dead cheesy and I feel like I was doing that like way before collaboration was cool yeah um, <laughs> which is really annoying that now everyone's like obsessed with collaboration but I just think like like I run I run a program which is called Squarespace for Creatives and it is literally teaching other people to do my job yeah and that, and, and I know like loads, so many people have said to me aren't you worried they'll take your clients? I'm like, no, I've got clients, I'm fine. Like, you know, if anything, I'm getting to the point now where I'm actually having to refer work to other people because yeah. I'm quite busy. And, and, but it's just like, people are so scared of sharing stuff but, and then so they guard it and then, and then they kind of make out like they, they don't need anyone and they're all fine. And actually that only furthers the comparison problem. It does. And I think that... Sorry, that was a total rant there. No, no. <laughs> you tell us noise. But I think you're right. This is, this is we write our show notes. And one of the things we've written down there is actually one of the ways to overcome the comparison trap is actually to, to adopt a collaboration mindset as opposed to a competition mindset. Yeah. And I think uh, there's, a, there's a, a saying that says, you know, putting out someone else's light doesn't make yours shine any brighter. And I also think that the opposite is true. So just because someone's light is shining very bright doesn't make yours any dimmer. Yeah, like it, a rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah, and like... let's just throw in a few more, like, cliches as well, yeah. But if someone is, is successful, that doesn't make you less successful. They're just success. Yeah. They're just successful. You're the same amount of successful, and you can still be successful. Them getting more doesn't mean that you're diminishing. Yeah. Even though it can feel like it sometimes, and I think... Well, it's um, like in um, in Manchester, there's an area called the Northern Quarter, which is like full of kind of hipster cafes and bars and things. And every time you think, surely there is no capacity or demand for another venue, three more will open up and they will all be full. But all the old ones are also full. And it's like, I'm always like, how, how, is, how are they all still doing well? But there is, there is actually, there's a demand for it and, and it's, it's not it, like yeah. one opening makes the other one have fewer customers and it's kind of always feels perverse but sometimes someone else being successful can grow the industry so yeah, I remember Brewdog exactly. uh, year, years ago there wasn't a lot of craft beer being sold but they kind of went really big with it and then craft beer was trendy and then all these other little micro I'm not saying they solely did the craft beer revolution but they did contribute to yeah. it and then all these other businesses popped up or Tiger Woods and golf people are criticising him now he's a bit of a prior but he made golf kind of trendy so all these other golfers came through and they got to have make a lot of money yeah. out of a sport which they probably wouldn't have made had someone else not been more successful and yeah. much bigger so like That's I say a rising tide of sort yeah, of it's probably say. similar with Squarespace stuff in fact because actually when I first started no one had heard of Squarespace at all and like no one else was offering Squarespace websites. Whereas now there are loads of other people doing it, but that's great because it means more people have heard of it. So now, like before, like I've always done, I've always been quite, you know, done quite well in, in terms of where I rank in search engines. If you search for like Squarespace training or whatever, like I've always appeared quite near the top, but the problem was no one was searching for it. Yeah. So I was like, well, there's no point in this. But now people are slowly starting to search for it. And it's because other people doing Squarespace sites have generally, yeah, as on mass raised the profile of it as a website. Tool. Well, I'm the same with coaching. You know, people have always yeah, known coaches exist exactly. out there, but now more people are talking about coaching, and now you're, so now more people are beginning to think, oh, is this something I should be doing? And they're benefiting from it. So, like, I always bang on 
You do. You're very good. <laughs> I should. I should give Katie a loyalty card for every Ritterell that she does. I should get stamps. Stamps. Yeah. Coaching stamps. But yeah, someone else's success can definitely raise awareness or demand for a product or service you're offering, and so it gets people talking about it. So I think that but that collaboration mindset as well. If someone's doing really well. Um, you could always get, sit down with them and ask them what they're doing. So rather than focusing what we lack, we could always start to get curious and ask, well, what are they doing right? Yeah. What do I admire about them? And actually, could we work together? Which seems counterintuitive if they're a competitor, but if we don't believe there are competitors, exactly. then yeah. there could be an opportunity to learn or to even to collaborate together. Yeah, or just looking at people who you admire, who are just maybe one step further along than you, and and look like looking at it from a kind of, okay, like what's been what's worked for them what's not worked for them and taking the bits that work for you and not taking the bits that don't work for you because I think sometimes comparison can lead us to make some slightly um what's that word um when you make a bad judgment about something anyway there's a word um decisions that are not necessarily in your best interests out of comparison it can you know oh this person's doing this therefore I should do this this person's got this you know really expensive computer so I need to buy a really expensive computer to be successful well they're all over LinkedIn Do yeah I need, to, I need LinkedIn? to do that and so I think sometimes it can it can make you take decisions that are just not applicable to you and we talked about the advice avalanche yeah, um, yeah. you know a few episodes ago well quite a few episodes ago actually wasn't it um and one of the things that I was talking about there is when you first start when you first start out then you get all of these well-meaning people saying to you what you should do and I think you, when you when you're in the comparison trap you're in a similar position where you've kind of got all of these conflicting people that you're looking up to or comparing yourself to and you're trying to there's a risk of trying to emulate them if you try and emulate all of them then you're going to end up just throwing you'll be in money so and directions. time and yeah whereas actually what I found really helpful um was to find you know one or two people that were either a little bit ahead of me or even a lot ahead of me but whose approach I thought really worked and then listen to them and focus on them because if they're where if they're if they have a lifestyle that seems like like what I would want if their values seem like what I would want if they're kind of the way they talk or their customer base seems like what I would want then it would make sense for me to listen to them because they've clearly got that kind of recipe yeah, definitely. And, and those people normally start off by specialising, say, one particular route. If you try and copy all the routes that all the people use, yeah. you're going to be pulled in a hundred directions. But most of those people did one thing. So they did LinkedIn really well, or they did Twitter really well, or they did podcasting really well. And yes, they might have branched out since, but chances are they, they had one thing that they focused on and then they started to branch out and use that as a base. Whereas if you just look at their endpoint or someone who's super successful in lots of things, you're probably going to go in a hundred different directions. So I think there's definitely some wisdom is, as you say, to picking someone who's just maybe one step. Yeah, ahead. and also the thing is when you talk to people who are, again, super successful further along on their journey and everything, what they remember about how they got there isn't necessarily fully accurate. It's no, the kind of edited yeah. version. They've almost kind of got this story. And, and I, I'm not putting myself in this kind of super successful thing, but I know there's certain stories that I kind of tell because they're funny and they're indicative of freelance life and everything. And like every so often I'm like, I'm used to so used to telling the story. I'm not sure whether this is the real story or whether it happened slightly differently and I've just edited it in my mind over time. And so I think sometimes, not through any malice or anything, you forget the little things that actually maybe made a difference and you look at maybe a few milestones in your life oh yeah well this is how I've got to where I am 
but actually it's, it's quite a while ago for those people so like you were saying if you can look at somebody if they're just one step ahead of you then it's going to be fresh in their minds how they've got there and you, you get that you can kind of yeah just follow in their footsteps what's that cycling thing where oh, David Brailsford is it the way when you're in somebody's like when you're cycling you're behind somebody and there's like some kind of air phenomenon oh you're in their slipstream like, that's it slipstream yeah. so can you be in somebody's slipstream oh I like that idea there you go that's good is it true in Daniel Kahneman's thinking fast and slow he talks about really successful uh, CEOs of companies and actually what they did when they studied it was they realised that um blind luck is probably just just a bigger factor everyone has the success story and it's true that people do things particularly skillful particularly well but they said what actually happened was you could take these really successful people with this success formula when they go to their next job or go to the next place they crash horribly and it's not that um he said and he said the, the when you're predicting who's going to be a really good ceo luck is luck is a significant and timing is yeah. part of it and they said actually um sometimes when people are successful they were just either in the in the market at the right time and it's about to take off or it, it they were just lucky that an investor came along who was happened to be looking at them if it wasn't them it could have easily been someone else you know they were saying um how google might not have been Google. It could have been easily have been any one of their competitors. So that's not to diminish other diminish other people's successes or to say, oh, if, if you see someone else being doing really well in the field, your chosen field, it's just luck. Yeah. That's not one hundred percent true, but there is actually Playing a part a role in that. And, yeah, timing and exactly. So again, you get these people that say, join which my is course. annoying. Yeah, here's my formula. <laughs> Buy my system. Press this button. The money spews out the other end. This is my, you know, I was broke and I did it wrong, and now I've learned how to do it right. Buy my thing, and you'll be successful actually that's only partially true so yeah we need to be careful about what we're comparing to yeah and I think with with that as well like it's it's very easy to focus on what you're lacking compared to those people as well to kind of go like oh okay well I don't have that and I don't have that and I don't have that whereas actually could you shift your focus and look at what you do have in common with them. So comparison, kind of taking back comparison and going, okay, I'm going to compare myself. And actually like, yeah, they have that. Yeah, I do that too. They have that. Okay, I do that too. They do that. Okay, well, I do that too. And you might even do it a bit better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you can find just one thing that you do better than that other person, that can make you feel really good. Yeah, and you might have things, of course, that they don't have that work for you. So that's where the individual bit, I think, is really important. But I think that whole mindset, that some a recommendation for overcoming com- comparison problems is to practice gratitude. So Because obviously comparison by, by default involves focusing what you lack most of the time or where the gaps are. If you can practice a bit of gratitude or at least shift your focus to what you do have and what you do, what you do really, really well, um, that can be useful and I do strength scope coaching and one of the things about the strengths philosophy is that it's not really about focusing on the areas where you're weaker it's about focusing on what you're good at because that gets you your success but not only does that um, make repeating successes more likely it also feels better and it's more motivation it changes you from a threat response where your thinking becomes narrow to stimulating your reward response where actually your thoughts become more creative and you're a much better place to be more resourceful and therefore be more successful so you can create an upward cycle in terms of the way that you think and feel about things by shifting your focus towards the positive yeah so actually saying like here's what i've got and yeah if if, if the word gratitude like i know i don't really do it in the spiritual <laughs> sense yeah. like makes it makes you think of of some kind of so o- overly like spiritual approach like cynical people like me then just call it something else just what what else. you have what you're grateful for what you're happy about yeah definitely so I think, I mean, I feel like we've probably covered a lot of the, the, the comparison stuff. Um, 
one thing I say is is like whilst I don't feel like I have any competitors, I'm still I still sometimes kind of get a bit jealous of other people. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's not like I'm like oh yes I I do not experience this at all like but but weirdly it's, it tends to be through the stuff I do for freelance folk rather than for um for the, through my website. No, stuff. that's true actually. So because I'm because I'm more like and it is that thing of where like like it, it's kind of. I feel like I'm probably doing pretty much as well, you know, as good a job as I could be with most Squarespace stuff. Whereas with freelance work, I'm a bit like, oh, it's so neglected. And then when other people put loads of effort into their own freelance communities, and I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest, I was super annoyed when Steve Folland, who does the Being Freelance podcast, which is amazing, you should listen to it. When he came up with the Non-Employee of the Week awards, I was gutted. I, I was so jealous. And I was just like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. I wish I thought of it. Yeah. So yeah, definitely that. <laughs> you do tend to kick yourself quite hard. I always think in those situations, though, just be ask yourself um, not just what the other people have got. So we talked about gratitude. What have you got versus yeah. what you lack? But then I think just think about whoever you're comparing to. What did they have to sacrifice or give up in order to get it? So were they prepared to work longer hours? Were they prepared to flog more crap things to people? Were they, um, you know, what did they give up to get there? Did they give up time? Did they give up money? Did they give up relationships? and ask yourself would you be prepared to make the same trade-off and the answer is no then if you're not prepared to give what they've given or to do what they do then you're not going to get the results that they got and actually that might be okay for you yeah I think the other thing is like I'm really happy for Steve Fallon he's a really nice guy I really like him I know him and like I was like I'm really happy for you but I'm really annoyed that I didn't think of it but I'm really happy for you and the truth is as well he is doing it much better than I would have done because I wouldn't have had the time and energy to commit to doing it as well as he has. And he's kind of a natural showman. And I'm good at speaking, but he is like a natural showman and he presents the awards and everything. It's really, really good. But I do like, we talk about collaboration. I do love the fact that you do get in touch with him and you do chat to him. Oh, yeah, way. yeah. And you're very open about the jealousy, which yeah. I think is quite nice. Um, <laughs> rather than, like I say, rather than closing yourself off and getting kind of competitive with it, you, you are it's quite fun yeah I'll, I'll own it and use it for <laughs> my own personal <laughs> amusement um but yeah i think michelle if there was one thing then that you would say to people if, if they're in that comparison trap if they've like gone on instagram and they're like oh look at that person they're doing so well what's like one thing you'd recommend for them to do I think just choose your own measures of success i think just work out and say go back to your why what were you doing this for and just yeah, set your own measures based realistically on where you are or where you, you know, where you feel you should be at this point in time, as opposed to comparing yourself to someone who might be streets ahead. That would be that would be my thing. If you know for yourself what a good job looks like, then it's much easier to celebrate the wins. And if you celebrate the wins, you're much more likely to feel motivated and keep going. I think for me, I'd probably say. Mm, I should have thought that was an advance from that. We're so prepared. We have, we do have notes, but sometimes we don't write everything down because we want it to be more of a natural conversation. Yeah, but this yeah. is one of the times when I feel like I should have written it down. Um, I think it would be about reminding myself that I'm not comparing like with like. Yeah. So the expectations. Yeah, it's the expectations and like the the not so much of the what have they sacrificed to get there because perhaps they've actually had luck and they haven't had to sacrifice too much. Like it's possible. Um, but but I think it's more like it's it's a bit what what's what am I willing to do and what does success look like for me? So asking myself, yeah, I, I, I've got mine. It's ask I will I will ask myself when I see somebody who's kind of doing whatever it is, you know, 
that I'm like, oh, I'm jealous or, oh, like, it's better than me. I'll ask myself, but do I really want that and everything that comes along with it? Exactly. That's if, what If you want the good, you've got to take, yeah. take the, the bad yeah. as well. And to them, that other person, it might not feel like a sacrifice, but to you, it really would if you're not prepared to give up that time or that energy. And even, even things that in the kind of beauty and flash of, of scrolling Instagram, I might be like, oh, I want that. And then I'm like... But but do I though? Yeah. But do I? Do I actually want that? It's like you know when you've got when when um you know so I'm, I've mentioned before I'm trying to be a bit more minimalist and stuff so you know hearing a lot about advertising and and kind of consumerism and stuff uh, and one of the things yeah, is that kind of you really notice advertising how it how it makes you want something that you didn't previously know you needed yeah and it, and then so so you know it's it's really hard to then question that and go okay yeah but but do I do I actually need this or is someone just trying to tell me that I want this. Yeah. And and that's what I think sometimes when I'm want when I'm feeling like, oh I'm comparing myself, I'm like, but wait, I don't even care about that. Like and it's almost a false comparison. So how is it has that work comparing or wanting something which is minimalism? So I want more or less of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's more more value in my life than <laughs> than like yeah, and less stuff. So I think it's yeah, it's it's actually asking yourself, do you actually want that? Or do you just you know, does are the people who are kind of putting this idea out there want you to feel like you want it and feel like you're missing out, but Crazy you don't desire. actually care. <laughs> it's the old Ada thing, isn't it? Awareness, interest, desire, action. This yeah. Old, old sales formula. So yes, yeah, so that would be my one. Good. And okay. so as usual, we invite you to get involved and feel free to message us on your platform of choosing. We're most active on Twitter. I'm at the wheel exists. I'm at Dive Deep Depth, D-E-V-P, um, on Facebook and Twitter. And I would be interested to know, did you ever compare yourself to someone only to find out the picture wasn't as rosy as you thought or you weren't comparing yourself to what you thought you were? Do tell us, because we've all done it. Exactly. And if you have any more ideas for problems that you'd like us to tackle, please drop us a line. Um, we're just being attacked by my cat. Not actually attacked. So but it might I'll... be time to draw us to a yeah. close before... Okay. Excuse me, <laughs> before the stop button gets hit by the cat's life, cat walking on computer. Um, but we will, in a, in a professional sign-off, see you next time see you for later. an episode of 99 Problems, but a boss ain't one. <laughs>